Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. Hey, good morning, everybody. It is time for the Garden Wise Show and the Garden Wise Guys right here. I'm Jim Borland, one of the Garden Wise Guys, and the other one is Keith Funk. Good morning, Keith. Yes, that would be me. You look about as wet as I am. <laughs> oh, I was soaking wet yesterday. Man, it got kind of damp, did it man. not, overnight. Jeepers, creepers. Man, got the, almost a full inch at the house, at the farm, if you will, and uh, I'm happy for that, especially since I just cut the grass. <laughs> I got sprinkled on before I got it done. But How much rain did you get? Uh, almost an inch, 0.9 inches. That's a pretty good shower. It, it is indeed. And we're due to get more today, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next not, few days. Not partly overcast. It is fully overcast. It's going to be a cool day. Only uh, hit 70. Yet uh, yet another Colorado uh, gardening day. We've hit 100, over 100 degrees. <clears throat> now we're down to 70. Kind of usual, isn't it? What are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. So if you're new here, folks, from out of state, <clears throat> just moved in, and you're wondering uh, what, what's gardening like here, well, pay attention. Tomorrow will be different. I t- checked with a friend of mine who lives in Seattle. They're going through a heat wave. Yeah, they're going to go over, over 100. Dry. Yeah. dry, 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 and hot. Record, record temperatures all along the West Coast. And I was telling her, it's, it's 62 <coughs> degrees here, and the rain is coming <laughs> down like cats and dogs. And she says, that's our weather. Send it back. Yeah, really. Even the West Slope here in Colorado got a little rain yesterday. Not very much, but <clears throat> they'll take anything they can get because they are in extreme drought. It is dry. It's going to turn into a desert desert, as in nothing. It's like Sahara sand hills everywhere. Ooh. Where's the sand going to come from? I, uh, Mother Nature makes that, don't you know? <laughs> All right, we're going to do a garden show here this morning, the way we've been operating for the past uh, 26 and a half years. This is our 27th year, and uh, let's see, we are now over 26 and a half years, considering what the date is. That's true, yeah. And today is 26th of June, in case you haven't been keeping track. Um, Oh, yeah, we're going to do a garden show. And the way it operates is that on your end, out there, people who are listening to our voice here, uh, you have to initiate. That is, you have to uh, send a couple of numbers our way. Here are those numbers, 303-477-2473. If you you, uh, somehow enter those numbers into the ether, I don't know how you're going to do that. There are any number of ways of doing that these days. Um, It'll come right here to the studio. And, and Steve will pick up the phone and ask you your first name, uh, a little bit about what your question is, and uh, what city are you calling from? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> also, uh, you sh- we should note that if all the lines that we have available are filled when you're calling in and you get a, an answering machine, don't leave a message. No. Just no. try back in a little while. Yeah. And by the way, you yeah. know what? Well, hey, Hello. We have a no, uh, I, blah, 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 blah. 
<laughs> we haven't announced this for a while, that we are also um, being simulcast on our FM station here at Legends, 95.3. Am I correct in that, sir? I, I, I think so. I usually have that written right here in front of me, and today I forgot to write that down. But yeah. yes, yes, you're quite right. Steve is shaking his head vigorously yeah. in the <coughs> affirmative. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, so you can listen to the show. If you're having trouble with the AM signal, you can always switch it over to the FM signal. Yeah, that's right. 95.3. I do have it written down there. Yeah. Just, but I, my eyes aren't working yet this morning. And then again, on Sunday, the whole thing repeats. We rebroadcast the entire Saturday show on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. on both stations. And if that's not enough, <laughs> okay, <clears throat> you can also listen to us as a podcast. Yep. And all you need to do is go to podbean.com, P-O-D-B-E-E-B-E-A-N, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. That's where our show is. Just uh, put in the search bar, The GardenWise Show. It'll come right up. Indeed. And in case that's not enough, what Keith just said is also on Facebook. That's true. Every uh, podcast that we <coughs> post, I guess you'd call it a post, will, it automatically shows up with a link on our Facebook page. So that's one, two, three, four ways people can uh, listen to our show. A and, of course, the original way. That, that's that's the first one. That's number one. That's, that's the, the only best way one. you can participate. That's the best one, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and speaking of participating, we have we have uh, several callers on the line, starting with Pat out in Arvada. She'd like to talk to us about some fertilizer. Good morning, Pat. Hi. The last time I talked to you guys, um, it was said that the hydrangeas needed to be fertilized once a month. So the question is, what about perennials such as coneflower? I like to fertilize all my perennial and annual beds uh, on a monthly basis with a granular slow-release fertilizer. Now, just to say that things need to be fertilized once a month uh, doesn't take into consideration what kind of fertilizer you're using, what the formulation is, and what the instructions on the label say. So, for, for my part, what I typically use... And this is really strange, but I use Rich Lawn, pro-rich lawn food to fertilize everything. <laughs> Not only my lawn, but my trees and my shrubs and my perennials and everything else. Um, and, I'm, and I know that that you know, will feed for about a month, month to five weeks. Now, depending on what fertilizer you buy, I'd recommend that you read the label. But uh, hydrangeas are definitely heavy feeders and need to be fertilized regularly. So I would follow the directions on the bag as to the frequency uh, okay. of whatever you choose to use. Okay. Because the, the Internet said coneflower should only be fed in the spring. Hmm. And uh, I just really wasn't very interesting of that. No, because, you know, they, they grow all summer long. So at, eventually, with the watering and so forth, that, that fertilizer is either leached out of the soil or gets used up. Or isn't there in isn't there in a large enough amount, uh, especially nitrogen? Our soils are typically very, uh, very lean on the whole nitrogen issue, and and so I think regular fertilizer makes a big difference. I mean, stuff will exist; it will continue to live. It could look better though with from fertilizer, right? And isn't that the whole point of planting this stuff is for it to look good? That's right. 
Um, how about uh, flowering bushes? You just put uh, the Pro Ridge on your flowering bushes also? Well, yeah, because I've got perennials and stuff growing around all that stuff, so the bushes get fertilized at the same time. You know, not not on purpose, but they just happen to be there. So you do all of that once a month? About once a month, yeah. Okay. All right, that's what I thought. Okay, well, thank you so much for the answer. Well, you're welcome. And I guess I should specify that I start at, you know, the first part of April is when I usually put my first batch down, and I'll continue right through the month of September, and then I stop. Oh, you go through September, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling this morning, Pat. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, most fertilizer packages or, or containers or or jars are going to have information on how often to fertilize and, of course, obviously how much to fertilize. So lots of free information, if you will, right there on the on the package. It's for you to use. Although you can call us, too, if you want to. Yeah, some some fertilizers are very slow release or medium slow release or very fast release. It mm-hmm. just all depends on how they're formulated. So the bag is going to tell you how long that fertilizer will last uh, in the soil once you apply it. And so far, the plants have not have not have not gotten the gift of reading, so they can't read any kind of package you might have out there in the lawn when you're when you're calculating your fertilizer. That's right. So if you're putting lawn fertilizer on your perennials, your plants won't know the difference. Yeah, and if you're worried, just put a piece of tape over the label. Yeah, you can do that, I guess. If you have, if if you find some smart plants. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see what else is going well, on you here. You know, yeah. there there is smart grass out there. I, I noticed. Yeah, that I Scott's saw the advertising yeah, smart that. grass <clears throat> seed. Yeah, it's probably a trademark. Or Pennington or something like yeah, that. And it has smart a, grass. Apparently, each seed has a brain. And I understand that grass can read. <laughs> so be careful with that one. Yeah, that will be a problem. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, what were you I, going I, to say? No, now I forget what I was going to say. Um, you, yeah, you interrupt. Why do you interrupt me like that? Because I'm, I'm a jerk. Because you, you know my short-time memory is pretty darn short and getting shorter, by the way. I, I just have to find, you know, shine something shiny at you. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. You're done? Yeah, i got to figure out what that is and then follow it. Or say squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss my neighbors since past, but they used to call them quirlies. <laughs> quirlies? Yes, he had three dogs, and they loved to chase the quirlies. You know, up in the, they don't go up in the tree, but the squirrel's up in the tree, and the dogs are going nuts down below. Oh, of course. Yelling, you know, barking at them. Well, I just like that name, Quirrelies. Our dogs just discovered squirrels not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Scared to death of them. <coughs> <laughs> They're scared of their own shadow. I know. <laughs> yeah, I saw my cat watching a squirrel yesterday and wisely <laughs> decided not to go after it. Because <laughs> they can be kind of mean. They can be. They, they have sharp big, claws and nasty big, teeth. Big teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so does my cat, but, you know, I don't want my cat getting all tore up. Right. Ears all tattered. <laughs> Look like an African bell- elephant. It's elephant's been out there 70 years. That's right. All right, well, let's get back out to the phones. Irene wants to talk to us about an oak problem. <laughs> Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Hey, thanks for calling the Garden Wise Show. Oh, thank you. Uh, first of all, the telephone caller's voice is not coming through at all. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Steve walked Steve's going to have to work somehow. on that. Uh, 
my oak tree, my daughter parks her car under it, and there's <clears throat> sticky stuff all over yeah. it. And oh, I yeah. I understand that's honeydew. Correct. Yes. What do I do for it? It'd be nice to know what's causing it. Uh, my guess is it's probably a scale. Although I don't, don't see, see aphids on oak trees. I don't see aphids on oak no. trees. It's all probably that scale. Oh, that, that was one of the problems. She Googled it, but it, didn't uh-huh. say, it said call an arborist. Do, yeah, probably. Uh, can you get up, uh, or, or is there a branch hanging down that you can uh, pull down and take a look? Yeah, I saw some eggs under one of the leaves. And something has chewed on it. Yeah. That's not going to be causing the honeydew. It's either aphids or scale. And uh, they look quite different. But you can Google it and just uh, Google uh, either oak aphids or oak scale. Yep. And that would show you some pictures of what to look for. But either way, normally, especially if it's a large tree, large enough to park a car under, it's going to be hard for you to spray it. So uh, using that, one of those soil-applied systemic drenches uh, is probably going to be your best. But is it a really big tree? Uh, it's been in the ground about seven years. It's probably 30 foot tall. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you, you can easily treat that yourself. Uh, both uh, Bayer, B-A-Y-E-R, and Fertilome both produce a soil-applied systemic drench. That you just mix in a bucket and pour around the base of the tree. Okay. No spraying required. It's like magic in a bottle. And that gets absorbed by the root system of the tree and carried up up to the tippy top of the tree and takes care of all those little suckers. And that's what aphids are. They suck the sap out and so does scale. It sucks the sap out of the tree. So as it's feeding, it ingests the drench that you put down at the base and you can say goodbye to those bugs. Will that hurt what's planted beneath it? Not at all. No. 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 Okay. Well, I'm glad I can do something myself. Now, what you'll need to do before you go to the store is to take a a sewing tape out to uh, a tape measure of some kind out to the tree and measure the circumference, the outside circumference of the trunk of the tree at about chest height. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that will that that number of inches will determine how many ounces of product you'll need to purchase. Okay. Yeah, a tree that size probably one bottle, one container will do. Yeah, just I fine. would th- I would think a quart would be plenty, but yeah. the instructions will tell you when you get there. Have the garden center person help you determine that. That's the best way to go, and uh, and you only have to do that once a year. Isn't that cool? Good. Well, I'm glad it's that simple. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much. Enjoy You're, your program. You are quite welcome. Thanks for calling, Irene. Oh, and by the way, yeah. um, this, this product, once you apply it, it, it travels up the, up the tree about a foot a day. So you're not going to get an immediate result. The, the, the liquid's still going to come down. If the tree is 30 feet tall, it may take 30 days for it to get all the way to the top. Oh. But I would say after about 10 or 15 days, you'll start to notice a difference. Okay. And, that's, right and that sticky stuff you can just wash off. It's, yeah. it's just sugar. All righty. Bye now. All righty. You bet. I wonder what oak sugar tastes like. Oak sugar? Yeah. Maple sugar. It's uh, basically bug pee is what's going on here. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's, let's, let's not whitewash this any worse <laughs> than it already is. I mean, it's, it's just 
It's just oh, sugarcoat. Yeah, they're sugarcoated. <laughs> Very go. good. Um, it's just bug pee, and it can attract wasps. Wasps oh, yeah. really yeah. love this stuff. Not honeybees, but wasps, and I hate those things. Um, it can attract ants. Ants. A- ants. 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 Not uncles, just ants. <clears throat> and a, a, a mold can also grow on it, and you'll probably see this more on sidewalks and driveways uh, or hard surfaces than anything else, not so much cars. But um, there's a black mold. It's called sooty mold that grows on this stuff and turns things black. Yeah, not, that's a little more difficult to get rid of. It is. on concrete. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Some <clears throat> scrubbing yeah. and sweat will be involved. <laughs> yes, or years. It'll eventually <laughs> wear true. away, but it, it'll take a while. It might. Exactly. So it's best to get those things taken care of. Those, uh, those bugs are weakening the tree by sucking the sap out of it. Um, they're causing a, a moisture yeah, deficit. Yeah, what is it, the, uh, the oak scale? I've forgotten the name of it now. Um, it, it's a really large scale. It is a large scale. Yeah, and yeah. it will kill the tree. So you want to take care of that right away. If it's, eh, not a big problem but typically, but uh, that's if it's that one scale. I've seen it take trees. It can. It can but they can be saved. Uh, I remember at, in Lakewood, the neighbor across the street had a big old beautiful oak. Yep. Gorgeous you, thing. Have you seen it lately? I haven't. No, I'm scared to go look. Um, don't. Oh. Uh, I think last year I drove by it. It did not look good. That's too bad because it was starting to flag. And by flagging, I mean the tips of the branches on the tree just randomly throughout the tree would die. You know, and there'd yep. be five or six leaves yep. attached and wouldn't fall off. They'd be dead. And that's called flagging in a tree. And if you see that in your oak, you can pretty much be 100% sure that you've got oak scale. Yep. And if you leave it untreated, like Jim said, it can be lethal. So um, my neighbor treated it with the, with the soil drench, and uh, in a year or two, it, it was looking really good. But mm-hmm. then we moved, and I, didn't, I wasn't <clears throat> on his case about keeping yeah. it treated. Yeah, speaking of neighbors and uh, trees, neighbor across the way from us that just planted three autumn blaze maples <coughs> good looking trees they must be 15 feet tall and inch and a half two inches in diameter yeah and um planted it right down through crushed granite mulch uh-huh mm-hmm. didn't didn't remove the mulch first oh nice just dug right down through it yeah planted the trees about uh, about four six inches high okay i don't think they have That's any irrigation. Kind of silly don't have any irrigation at all well, so they're we, going to survive. We have a front row seat of watching these trees die now. What but a waste of money. Day, day number two, you can see all the leaves were flagged. Flag, there's that term again. Because mm-hmm. so, they're lacking water. And they're I'm waiting for them to come out with a hose and yeah. try to water this big root ball <coughs> that's sitting high. And they're going to end up taking it to... not going to work. They're going to end up taking it back to the nursery and expecting a replacement. As long as they don't come and ask me <laughs> what I thought went wrong. Yeah, you would not be the most popular neighbor no, on the block at that not. point. Hey, here's a, here's a happy note. What's that? Uh, Denver Water sent us a bill. Boy, they're sending all kinds of stuff out to people. We got a full sheet of uh, how much water we've used over the past month with a graph and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. We saved, or they say we saved, 22,000 gallons in the wow. last billing period. Cool. Yeah. That's, yeah, they're not going to pay us for it, of course, but <laughs> we saved that. <laughs> no, they're going to charge you more for what you did use. Yeah, their budget for lawns, by the way, 
or for landscapes in general, is 12 gallons per square foot per year. You can do the math out there, people. But uh, that's that's like a gallon a month per square foot. What's going to survive on that? I don't know. Of course, they're not growing in the wintertime, but uh, so you can double that. That's like two gallons then per square foot. Uh, you're gonna Still. Keep, you're going to keep a big tree alive on that? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, we all. saved it, so I, we're, we're happy. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Of course, half our lawn doesn't get watered at all. So that might be where the savings come from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All righty. What else is going on in our world? I'm trying to think of what kinds of things have been blooming over the past week uh, in my yard. I posted a couple of things on Facebook. You folks may want to take a look at it. Um, oh, we're a little late for a break, but let me just get this out. I have uh, posted pictures of some of my favorite perennials, and my favorite perennials get to be eight feet tall or more. I loved them. Yeah. <laughs> These are huge, huge perennials. Golly. Die down to the ground and then come back <coughs> up and do the same thing next uh-huh. year. Yeah. All right. With that said, I'm going to say that we're going to take a little short break, and uh, we'll be back pretty doggone quick right here on Legends 810. The friendly folks at Jared's Nursery, Gift, and Garden are excited that spring is really here. The first shipments of veggies and flowers have arrived, and more spring product arrives almost daily. This is a great time to add compost to your beds when getting them ready for the growing season. It is also time to overseed your lawn if it was sparse last year. Grass likes cooler weather, and Mother Nature often helps with the watering in April. If you had weed issues last year, now is the perfect time to put down a pre-emergent weed killer to minimize new weeds. The knowledgeable staff will be happy to answer your questions about spring lawn care. There will be a socially distanced class on lawn care Saturday, April 10th at 11 a.m. and again Sunday, April 11th at 1 p.m. And yes, there will be a discussion about those nasty Japanese beetles, which are here to stay. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is located at 10500 West Bowles Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Spring hours are 9 to 6, Monday through Friday, and 9 to 5 on weekends. They hope to see you soon. Well, summer is in full swing now, and look who's back. Those nasty Japanese beetles, and they're ready to wreak havoc on your garden. If you're looking to successfully control Japanese beetles without damaging the environment, look no further than Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Derived from a naturally occurring soil bacteria, BeetleGone is the only organic solution that successfully controls those destructive beetle invaders. Just mix the powder with water and spray on your plants. Once ingested, they stop feeding and die. And since it's an organic BT product, rest assured it's a safe choice to use on your fruits and veggies in addition to your ornamental flowers and trees. Not only does Beetle Gone work on adult Japanese beetles, it is completely safe to use around beneficials such as ladybugs, butterflies, and bees. And it has no issues with water toxicity. Beetle Gone from Phylum Bioproducts. Target the pest and not the rest. You'll find Beetle Gone at your favorite independent garden center. And make sure you tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. Have you got spring fever? Then come visit Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market. We are one of Colorado's largest garden centers with over 10 acres of top quality plants and the finest gardening products on the market. Get a head start on the season with seeds, seed starting supplies, onion and potato sets, hardy pansies, herbs, spring bulbs, houseplants, soils, and fertilizers. Come see many unusual plants as well as trusted favorites. 
all the newest variety of trees, shrubs, evergreens, roses, and perennials are arriving weekly. Our bulk and landscape yard is stocked with compost, mulches, and decorative rock with delivery available. Our friendly and helpful expert staff is ready to assist. Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market, celebrating 34 years of color, quality, and service. Located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road in Aurora. Also visit us at nicksgardencenter.com. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And welcome back to the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 KLVZ AM and 95.3 FM. We're taking your garden questions with the following number in mind that's yours to use. And here's that number, 303-477-2473. An easy number to remember. All the digits, no, they're not all different. Sorry, I misspoke. Hey, I was going to ask everybody out there, when you're, when you're planting a new perennial or shrub or tree, that sort of thing, in a landscape area that has fabric under the, under the mulch, mm-hmm. I, I would like to ask that when you cut a hole in that fabric, cut a great big hole. Yeah. At least, th- you know, for a tree, at least three or four feet in diameter. Yeah. For a shrub, maybe not so much. And for a perennial, maybe two feet. But cut a big hole. Uh, I know it's very tempting to just cut a small enough hole to, or a big enough hole to just <clears throat> barely fit the plant in, uh, because it seems like that, that seems to be the most logical way to do it, so that the, <coughs> the fabric continues to do the weed control, et cetera, that it's supposed to do. But your plant will do much better if you cut a big hole. The practice at one time was to just to score an X in it. Yes. And, and fold back the X's and plant to plant, and then fold the fabric up around the plant. Or you could fold the X's, the, the, yeah, fold the triangles, under. you could fold them under. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But then you've got two layers two of Two layers that, that's not getting water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am, I've grown to not like anything underneath uh, mulch. I, I, I'm gradually removing all the fabric yeah. wherever I can. And it's a pain, especially when you've got six inches of gravel on top of it. It is a great thing. Uh, used commercially, boy. Show me a, a commercial application that was done more than five years ago, and I'll show you fabric that's coming up around the edge and, and looking ugly. Mm-hmm. And there's still weeds will come up. Yep, and weeds will still come up. <clears throat> uh, it's not so much through the fabric, fabric, but from all the dust and stuff that could collects on top. And then they'll, they'll root in that, and then their roots, the roots will go down through the fabric mm-hmm. sometimes. Now, where I see fabric in, in a very positive light is in pathways. If you're putting down a gravel pathway or a scree <coughs> pathway, something mm-hmm. like that, or, or what do they call that, breeze, uh, under, under flagstone, under, um, under if you're just putting a whole area in mulch, and I, this is my least favorite thing to do, is you know, you've got a, a big rock area that you're just covering with rock and not having any plants in it. That's a great place to use fabric because it keeps that rock from 
sinking down into the soil and disappearing. Unless that rock, of course, or the landscape is on a slope. Guess what? It starts to migrate. Yep. <laughs> and soon... Gravity <laughs> gets you. Yep. And, and soon the top of the fabric is, is bare <clears throat> and looking ugly. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, another good place for fabric is in <clears throat> planter boxes. If you have deep planter box and you have weeds coming up through, like bindweed, and it'll come up through three, four feet of soil easily, mm. you can put fabric tightly on the bottom of, of your soil if it's deep enough, um, and then put the soil back on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it'll prevent them from coming up through. They'll come up the edges. They'll find a way. They'll find a way. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> Yeah. But at least you can keep it confined to just the edges, and then maybe you can treat that with an herbicide. True. Exactly. All right. Well, we've got some callers <coughs> that we need to talk to, starting with Pat in Aurora. Has some iris issues. Yes. Say that fast three times. Good morning, Pat. Uh, good morning, guys. What's going on? Well, first thing I want to let you know is I got a long hair miniature winter dog that will take on any squirrel in the world (laughs) (laughs) does he climb trees uh tries to it even tries to take on raccoons oh no oh no (laughs) yeah that could be dangerous oh i know that's why i grab her real quick sure okay my question is my sister gave me some irises to plant i did it last year and they came up half yellow half green leaf the the leaves were half yellow and half green? Yeah, one side of the leaf was green. The other side, it was yellow and turning white. Now they're keeling over. Oh, dear. Well, tell me where you planted them. Um, right where all the old irises used to be. I tore them all up, and I replanted new ones. Mm-hmm. And how deep did you plant them? Not deep at all, they tell me. Yeah. Yeah, the top of the rhizome should be at the surface. So you think maybe I put them too deep? It could it be. Sounds like it. Yeah. yeah, could be. Okay. Or they might be staying or does it too take wet. More than one year to flower. Well, typically yes, it takes more than one year. But I'm more concerned about the color of the leaves. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen this before. Uh, how often? Uh, how are they being watered? Uh, my sprinkler system gets them real good. Maybe mm. too much. Yeah, that may be a problem right there. Too much. They. They're uh, they're what I would call a almost a dryland perennial. Yeah, that's and what I was told. And combine that with possibly being planted too deeply. Yeah, that's a kind of a double whammy. So I would double check okay. the planting depth. That that like Jim said, the rhizome, um, that thing that looks like a dog turd, should be yeah. right up at the surface. You know, half exposed. Okay. So I can dig them up then at the end of the year and. You can dig them up right now. Yeah, you can dig them up now. They're it, they're hard to kill. Okay. I just dug up a whole patch a couple of days ago, and they're sitting in a bucket waiting for me to get around to replanting them. Okay. Okay, great. Then I'll start that when the weather gets a little better. Yeah, exactly. But make sure they have good drainage and lots and lots and lots of sun and then even more sun. It does. It's in full sun from 10 o'clock in the morning all the way until about 4 o'clock. That sounds like a good good situation then. Just remember, whatever you do from this point on, it's going to take them a while to recover. Yeah. They, they might okay. bloom next year, but if not, okay. uh, certainly every year thereafter they will. Yeah, once you get that leaf color straightened out. I was thinking about out. tearing them all out of there 
redoing everything instead of just spreading them out. Well, that's up to you. Okay, because some of them are like 20 years old. Okay, and did you, did you um, what would you say, what, what's that called, Jim, where you go through and take all the old rhizomes, all the old nasty rhizomes well, off it's, and it's just, just a matter of the ends? Uh, yeah, the division, and uh, when you do okay. that, you can tear them up, usually with your hands, and just tear out the, the dead rhizomes. That's, right, it, right, I did visible. a lot of that. Yeah. Good, yeah. Yeah, you want leaves coming up out of every rhizome that you plant. Yep, and they are, but it was weird that they were half yellow and half green. Yeah, yeah it is weird. Yeah, we want to get that straightened out before you go any further. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Love You're, your show. You Thanks, bet. Pat. Thanks for calling. Hey, guess what I did yesterday? I harvested 10 pounds of rhubarb. Whoa, that's a lot of rhubarb. Yeah, really. That, that's at least 10 pounds of leaves that I had to throw away. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> And those are big leaves. Yeah, they're really big leaves on some of them. Yep. And then promptly just gave them all away. You're not a rhubarb eater? And that's just one from one plant. Oh, my. Yeah, really. And we have one other plant yet to go, so there'll be enough. Good. I was telling Jim earlier that I, I mail-ordered cardoons. And if you don't know what that is, it's, it's sort of like an artichoke. <coughs> um, big massive silver architectural foliage yeah, pretty, pretty heavily flowers cut too. yeah thistly like f- yeah. flowers and i mail ordered them cuz i i've looked for them around here and i i never see them for sale no i don't think i ever have um who was it used to have artichokes <clears throat> oh yeah a lot which, of which are direct cu- cousins uh huh oh um elderace he used to grow them out in the, in the field. Oh, okay. Remember, we used to have his uh, um, annual trials down in the valley. Exactly. And, yeah. Out uh, there in Wilby. Right next to that, he had, uh, you know, his vegetable garden was out there. He had some of those out there. Of course, he would grow them in the greenhouse for, what, six months before he put them well, out. Well, yeah, it's our, our <coughs> season's a little yeah. too short for him, but I'm hoping that the cardoons do okay. Um, I just want them for the foliage. I probably won't let them yeah. ever bloom. And I hope they live through the winter. But, boy, I t- it's it's a pig in a poke, I tell you, to order something online. You just never oh, know, know what it. you're going to oh, get. Oh, I know it. Sometimes it's just fabulous. You know, you order one and they send you five. Um, or, the, or you order one and you get one and it's mostly dead and mushy. And you just never can tell. Yeah, I have a nasty habit of not making a copy of my order. I don't know why I don't don't do that because I can easily do that now at home. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I get the <laughs> get the package, I think, is that what I ordered? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I hear. Uh, and yeah. <clears throat> but sometimes yeah. you just you're forced to go online because you know the garden centers can't carry everything. No, no they they no, need they to can't. carry things that actually sell on a regular basis to justify the square footage in the store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why you don't <coughs> see a lot of really weird things like cardoons <laughs> really? in the garden centers. <laughs> so, um, so it's not their fault. I mean, they're, they're business. They've got to make money just like any other business. And this has been a good year. What sell what grows and grow what sells. There you go. I like that. It's the mantra. I like of that. garden centers. Of course, they don't do any of their growing anymore, so <laughs> you have to rely on somebody else to do that for you. True. 
All right, uh, let's see. Where are we at as far as time? Yeah, let's get out to the phones and talk to Kathleen out in Denver about her wisteria issues. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, guys. Um, I'm only hearing one side of your conversation. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. Uh When you say you can only hear one side of the conversation, is that on the radio or on your phone? On the radio. Oh, so you're not you're not hearing I can the hear caller. you on the phone, but I can't hear your I I can't hear my voice on the radio. Okay, that's that's strange. I don't know. Yeah, what's well, there's a my... there's a delay, <clears throat> so whenever you speak, uh, you aren't going to hear your voice on your radio for forty five seconds. Oh, is it that long? Yeah, that's it's, it's a long one. Yeah, okay. they don't trust us. All right, let me get my question. Yeah. Are you? Um... <laughs> I, I really want to ask you this question because it's driving me. We have Chinese wisteria that is about six years old, and it's on the fence, and we want to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> John has been out there cutting it. It's about oh, 40, twelve boy. feet high. And he's been at this for a while. Has he cut it to the ground yet? Is Roundup? Well, has has he cut it to the ground yet? He's. I think he has pulled out some of the roots. Ah, okay. What I was going to recommend, and maybe you can do this still, is that uh, go out there and cut whatever it is that's left to the ground, a brand new cut, and then apply Roundup to that cut immediately. Okay, you so you do not come cut. in. You don't. You do not come back in the house and have a cup of coffee. Wow. Okay. Because that wound has to be fresh in order for the roundup to get down into the roots. And just okay. paint. You can just paint it on. Paint it on. Yeah. They spray it. Isn't it? A, it's a well. You can spray. get a spray, but that's. Okay. It, it, that'll probably work, but. All right. Um, are there different levels of Roundup? Is there stronger, high-intensity? Well, you can get the concentrate, which yes. you have to mix up yourself. Yes. Now, you can get ready to use, too. In other, in other words, you buy it off the shelf, you take it home, step out of the car, and start applying it. Yeah. But you're buying mostly water. Yeah, you're buying like 99% water. I don't want that. Okay. Yeah, and I think you have water at home already. I think we do. Okay. Yeah. So the concentrate is usually about a 41% active yeah. ingredient. And you'll probably want uh, to, well, there'll be instructions on how to do this on the label, which is like a small book. Uh, you'll want to get down to about 2% dilution. Okay, so I can purchase it at, I know they've got a lot of scares about it. I can get it at Home Depot? Um, probably. I, I, probably, yeah, because it's very common all over the place. Okay. All right. So just make a, a real deep cut as far down to the ground as we can. Well, it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to go way down to the ground. You, if you have a stem that's you know six, eight inches or ten inches above the ground, just make a fresh cut and apply the roundup. Okay. Any other suggestions? Cover no. You could also use. Or? You could no. also use brush and stump killer. Same. Use it the same way. Right. Okay. Now that should go down into the roots and kill the root system quite a ways down. Can I stomp on it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure you can. So that he doesn't have to do this again. <laughs> oh, well, it's going to come back, though. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to try to re-sprout for a <clears throat> while until the roots run out of, you know, what roots are left, uh, run out of energy. So keep the roundup handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right. Oh, thank you. I think you've saved his back. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, trying to save you work. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Guys, thanks. I sure appreciate right. you. Sure You've thing. Been. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye-bye. My wisteria two years ago died completely to the ground. It was not a tough winter. I don't know what the problem was, and I gave up on it because it what, did not sprout back the next spring. So I went ahead and planted something else right in the very same place. Yeah. In July, the old wisteria <coughs> came back. <laughs> Grew up, covered the area which it had previously covered, and bloomed this year. So well, it bloomed on last year's wood. It taught you a lesson, didn't yeah, it? Or an actual new wood. Hmm. But yeah. So this winter, who knows? I have no idea. But then on the opposite side, I had a, um, a, a honeysuckle vine, mm-hmm. and it died in the rain. It was a bad. It was. It's been a bad couple of seasons. I know, a bad couple of winters, and we're not talking about the entire winter season. We're just talking about a day or two, mm-hmm. and that's all it takes. Uh, give me, uh, yeah, give me a phone number to give them. Well, here it is. I'll give it to you right now. 303-477-2473. We'll give you just a little bit of time to do that because we're going to go out here and take a break. Right here on Legends Eight Ten. At DeWitt Company, we have fabrics for every reason and products for every season. When frost, freezing temperatures, and cold nights threaten your veggies and flowers, DeWitt's Insulate Fabric Blanket provides a safe environment for your tender plants during unpredictable cold snaps this spring. DeWitt Insulate is a medium-weight, permeable, UV-treated fabric designed to protect flowering annuals, bedding plants, and vegetables from cold and freezing temperatures. This fabric installs easily and is reusable. Insulate lets you get out there and plant earlier, giving you a jump start on our short growing season. Don't take a chance when frosty weather threatens. Protect your time, hard work, and money with DeWitt Insulate Fabric as a low-cost insulation against the elements. DeWitt Landscaping Products and Plant Fabrics are the number one choice of professionals in the lawn and garden industry. DeWitt's high-performance quality products save time and are environmentally safe for the responsible homeowner. One company, one call, over 600 products. Go to www.dewittcompany.com for more information. You'll find DeWitt Insulate at your favorite independent garden centers, including Lafayette Forest and Greenhouse, Nick's Garden Center, Tagawa Gardens, and Jared's Nursery. Gardening is therapeutic, and it provides so many health benefits. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we understand how important gardening can be. It's a time for us to renew ourselves, have a positive attitude, and improve our happiness and quality of life. Walking through our greenhouses and outdoor market area is just what you need. Our store provides wide aisles and plant signage to help in your shopping. Picking plants should be an adventure. You never know what will spark your interest. It's a great time to fertilize. Find the perfect plant for that special spot or add a special touch to your garden. We have outdoor benches, landscape arches, decorative pottery, and garden decor. Browse through the greenhouse and feel your stress melt away. Planting a garden is very rewarding. It's a heart-healthy activity that'll give you joy all summer long. You'll sleep better feel better, and there's a sense of pride in nurturing something to grow. Feel the positive healing power of flowers. Stop by Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center. We can help with all your gardening and floral needs. Located in the heart of Lafayette at 600 South Public Road. Call us at 303-665-665. 
888-985-5555 or visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com. All right, we are back here on the Garden Wise Show with uh, on Legends 810 with the Garden Wise guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk, taking your phone calls and also taking personal messages from our from our from our board operator. Steve, you had a question about rhubarb. As soon as you brought the subject up about what you're doing in your harvest, <laughs> excuse me, I had a neighbor who uh, I was a beneficiary of his multiple rhubarb plants. He'd bring it over many times throughout the season i would in turn make him a rhubarb strawberry rhubarb pie he is deceased and you know obviously that supply chain went away and i'm thinking how do i get a rhubarb plant started i mean is is a plant or is there such a thing as rhubarb seeds there are rhubarb seed and you can grow rhubarb from seed it's typically as glaskin's perpetual comes to mind that's the the one that that seed is available although you may have to search high and low to find the seed uh, it's a green stem variety, uh, but I should also note that uh, there is no difference in taste with green stems or red stems. Red stems are prettier, I understand, but the green stems taste just the same. But yeah, you can grow those from seed, and uh, if you have a really nice and good, well-prepared garden, uh, if you had started them this spring, you could harvest a couple of stems next spring off of seed-grown ones. But otherwise, you can get uh, rhubarb in garden centers. They all carry it. Okay. Um, I would, if you can, buy it in the spring so it has a full season to get going. And then next season, you might be able to harvest a couple of stems. Or sneak over to your neighbor's house and, and <clears throat> dig up a chunk of it, yeah. of his existing plant. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, there could be a shotgun involved there, but okay. <laughs> well, wear your Kevlar. Yeah. <laughs> Get, buy a bigger shotgun. Um, <clears throat> they, you, might, you might be surprised. He, he would, do you know if your neighbor actually uses it? No, I mean, the, the new uh, occupant of the house, I don't think she, she's really concerned about that kind of stuff. She probably chops it out. Hmm. I would, yeah, next time you have occasion to, well, I talk to her about that and she might say, yes, please, get rid of it for me. Or she wants a strawberry rhubarb pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'd, I'd uh, <clears throat> mention that up front. I had a neighbor that, that mowed over her rhubarb uh, every week with her lawnmower because it was growing in the lawn. Uh, apparently it was once a vegetable garden, and it has, was you know, lost to the lawn. And so I finally asked her, I said, do you not want that rhubarb in there? Obviously, you don't like it. And she said, no, it's a weed. And I said, can I dig it up? Well, sure. <laughs> so I jumped the fence, and I dug it up and planted it in my yard, and it was wonderful. So sometimes people just don't know what they have. Well, I'll broach the subject. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let us know. And it, yeah, it, if, if, if it requires us to intervene, why? <laughs> don't tell us. <laughs> okay. All right, we're taking your garden questions. Here's the phone number, 303 Four seven seven twenty four seventy three, and get you right me in here. That would be exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why don't we go out and talk to Nancy about her weeds and her raised garden? Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. What's going on with uh, you? Well, I have this raised garden where I have a bunch of perennials, and and I weed it, but they just come back. And I was using that. Weed and feed stuff you sprinkle on it. Oh, the preen? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't work. 
Well, <laughs> the, the preen only works on seed that's germinating. So if those weeds are coming back from established root systems, yeah, the preen won't work on that. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. What do you suggest? <laughs> yeah, Jim, what do you suggest? <laughs> oh, dear. Do you have any idea what kind of weeds they are, what their names no. are? Well, purslane is one. Oh, that's easy. Just pull it out, uh, cut it off underneath the, the, big, uh, the big juicy stems, and it's gone. That's it. Done. Well, it comes back. Well, it, you probably have about a 30 years of seed in the ground. Oh, good grief. So you have to stay on top of it. But the praying will work there. If you can get it, take all the, all the plants that are existing right now, take them out, cut them out, and haul them away, and then apply the preen. That will stop any new seedlings from coming up. Hmm. Well, it just doesn't seem to, I must not be applying it properly or something, because it just doesn't seem to be working. Well, it it should. Now, as Keith said, if your plants are there right now, are green and growing, preen will not work. Okay, yeah, and I I have taken a hoe and, you know, dug a them hole. up and shaken them off and thrown them out. Okay. And then right. apply the preen and then water it in. And then, and you, and then do not disturb the soil yeah. after that because <clears throat> if you disturb the soil in any way, that that breaks the barrier that the preen forms. There's a it forms a chemical barrier in the soil that kills any germinating seed. But if you make a hole in that barrier, then stuff can come up. Well, but the stuff that's already there that comes back, how do I? I can't. Oh, the perennial uh, stuff, the stuff that's coming up from roots rather than seed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd have to use something like Roundup. Um, Ooh. What? It's not I don't want to kill my perennials. Well, no, you don't spray it on the perennials. Uh-huh. You, you can, uh, what I usually do is when I have a growing in close-in quarters like that is I, I paint it on. I just paint oh. it on the leaves of the weed. And that, oh, okay. And that way you're not spreading it all over the yard. You know, you're not, you're, well, this is in a, a confined raised planter. Right, right. So... So you should be able to, to paint it on. I, you know what works the best for me is one of those sponge brushes you can pick up at you know, a hobby store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those work really well. They don't drip, and, uh, and, and, they, and they give you a nice even coverage when you paint them on the leaves. Okay, because there's, there's this one broadleaf weed has a skinny stem, and it comes up everywhere. Okay. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but... Well, you might want to take a uh, you know, crazy. take a chunk of it into your local garden center and have them identify oh. it for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, All that's right. a good starting point. And then you can find out, well, is this an <clears throat> annual weed, which means it comes up from seed every year, or is this a perennial weed, which comes up from the roots every year? And that will oh. help you determine how to treat it. Now, if I take it into Nick's, they'd be able to tell me that? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, I won't <laughs> throw out the preen just yet. Good. Yeah, it, it's a good product, but it has to okay. be used in just the right way for just the right purpose. Okay. I'll go find out what this weed is first. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you working today, Keith? Yes, I will <clears throat> be there after lunch. Yeah, after lunch, you can take it in and Keith and look up uh, Keith. Ask for Keith, and he'll tell you what that weed oh. is. Oh, okay. I will do. But anybody there can do it. Yeah, I anybody. Mean, we, a lot of, there's a lot of very smart people at Nick's. Yeah, I've been going there for several years, so. Yeah. 
They're always helpful. Good. Okay, thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling this morning, Nancy. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. So there. Yeah, that 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 should do it. I would advise anybody to do that. Take your lawn problems in. <clears throat> chunky, chunky your dying grass. Not your dead grass, but you want a chunk of your grass that's half of it's alive and half of it's dead. <clears throat> you want to see that transition from one to the other. Take that into the garden center. They'll tell you what the problem is and how to correct it. With roots attached, by the way. <clears throat> yes, and a little bit of soil, too. Um, and same thing with weeds. Cut them off or dig them up, bring them in, put, put them into a plastic bag. Thank you very much. No, especially if it's a bug. Yeah, especially. Definitely put it into a Ziploc bag. Yeah, because we can see right through the bag to see what it is. We don't have to let it out. Yeah, we don't want stuff getting loose in the greenhouse or what have you. So there you go. And, and that's free. You don't have it to is. pay for that. It is free. That's right. Duh. What else is going on? <laughs> I did put another picture up on Facebook yesterday, I think, of a candelabra cactus. Okay. Now, people may be familiar with this. This is the one you see out in the fields if you travel, oh, I guess around Colorado Springs and points south. Out in the field, these <clears throat> big cactus that grow. They can get to be, God, I've seen them. Choya, right? I've, yeah, I've seen them 10, 12 feet tall. Uh, but typically not on the fields that I'm talking about here. But anyway, there's one in my neighborhood. Mm. He's planted, unfortunately, right next to the sidewalk. Oh, dear. And and I had to tattletale on him one year because it was coming way out on the sidewalk. And I said, that, that's not a good thing. No. <laughs> you don't want little kids or you don't want adults walking by who aren't aware of what it is. And it'll jump out and bite you. But anyway, this year it is in full bloom and magnificent bloom. Hundreds of blossoms. It's All purple. at once opened up. Kind of very, a purpley color. Pretty. Yeah, purpley, reddish, pinkish color. Yeah. Very, very nice. So take a look at that on on Facebook. Um, and if you like that kind of thing and you got room for it, typically not next to your sidewalk, by the way, but back about four, five, six feet. Mm-hmm. Plant one of those and walk away because you don't ever need to water it again. And um, it'll grow magnificently for you. I planted a snow leopard variety. Yep. Should be blooming now. You know, I don't think it's ever bloomed. Oh, it will. I've had it for five years. <clears throat> it's never bloomed. Really? Stupid full full sun? Yeah. Yeah. I planted mine uh, probably that many years ago. I think this is the first year it bloomed. Oh. Yellow blossoms. Oh, is it yellow? Yeah, okay. lemon yellow blossoms. Very, very pretty. Well, I have a number of cactus planted in that particular area because it's very sandy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all doing quite well, but they're well back from the sidewalk. Good idea. So nobody has to come in contact with them. Some of them you don't even see unless you're looking for them because they're so well hidden. There are some pretty ones out there. Yeah. Yeah, the Opuntias, the ones that grow out on the plains and, of course, uh, in the West Slope, um, these have these are pad cactus. They don't, they don't get tall. They get, what, a foot tall maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, many pads and uh, flowers on them are magnificent. They are. There's so many colors now. Gracious. Yeah, they've been breeding them, and you can buy them um, garden centers. Yes. Uh, red flowers, pink flowers, yellow flowers, orange flowers. No blue ones yet. Purple. Purple. Um, Brie bloomers, some of them. Oh. Will bloom the second time in the summer. And look good. Some of them have red, red pads in the wintertime. 
Some of them wrinkle up and look like they're dead in the winter, which is yeah. kind of cool, and then fluff back up in the spring. Watch out for the glockids. Yes. And, and, the, and the candelabra one that I just talked about, uh, the tall one, uh, even the, the pads, they they're not pads. They're, I guess you call them stems, arms. Segments. Uh, they all droop in the winter. Yes, they do. Yeah. They like they're very droopy. sad. Yes, yeah, very sad. <laughs> or have been out without water for 10 years. Yeah. And the springtime, come right back up again. You know what has done really well in my yard, I bet your yard too, is penstemons this <clears> year. I have only a few left. Quite really? a bunch of them when I first put the garden in. Um, most, not all of them, but most of them were not long-lived perennials. Well, well yeah, but don't, don't they go receive? for years and years. If you have the right substrate in the soil, yeah, oh, they okay. can. Yep. Well, mine, to, mine have reseeded like nobody's. Oh, business. that's a good. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. Even the pinifolius varieties yeah, are reseeding. Yeah, that's one yeah. of the longer-lived ones. Yeah, it's nice too. I like the pinifolius. Um, <coughs> Bright electric orange flowers right now, but I also have the yellow one, mm-hmm. and then that salmony colored yep. one. That's a new variety out. <clears throat> the orange one's still my favorite, and it makes a nice little, like you said, kind of a shrub. Evergreen. That's evergreen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and then tiny, tiny little leaves. Oh yeah, they're adorable. They are but, indeed. And the hummingbirds just go crazy over the flowers. Mm-hmm. And then I've got this tall red ones. I think it's Barbados. Is Barbados, that? probably. Yeah. Yeah. Those are ma- magnificent. And then the Mexicali types and, I mean, you just go on and on, uh, the different kinds. I found, by the way, I've been looking for this penstemon for years now, and I finally found it the other day, um, Coral Baby. Penstemon Coral Baby. It's uh, one of the plant select varieties. Oh, yeah, I think, a, I think that's a, hy- a hybrid. It's yeah. sterile. It does not produce viable seed, so it has to be propagated yeah. by cuttings. Mm-hmm. Well, the only, ma- uh, the only propagator that I was aware of was Center Greenhouse, and <coughs> they're gone. So I think, oh, well, that, that's the end of that plant. Well, it showed up on the bench at Nick's the other day, so I grabbed one. Yeah. Any idea where it came from? Uh, no idea whatsoever on the tag. Uh, I thought it was required by law that this <laughs> it, stuff was, uh, it you is. know. <laughs> but it's totally ignored. I mean, they're... What, you know, how many inspectors are there for the entire state? Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah. And that's not a high priority. No. I can't imagine it would. No. I, don't, I don't even why, know why it ever got put on their radar to begin with. Who, who knows? We were all surviving just fine without having these stupid tags. Right. And you have to put the, uh, the size of the container on the tag, too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which is also ignored. <laughs> As it should be. Uh, Anyhow. Oh, uh, dear. Well, we're, we got we're two minutes left here before the top of the hour. Not yard. even. Yeah, we're right at 59. Uh-oh. So, right. hey, um, what else is going on? We've got uh, Sharon in Aurora wants to talk about geraniums. We'll do that after the top of the hour, which only takes about <coughs> a minute. And, uh, and another caller that I don't know any specifics about yet. Oh, but we'll find out very, very shortly. It's Sean and Golden. That's, we just found out through our headset who that might be yeah so we're going to talk to sean and, and golden and uh sean or john uh, one of the two john with a and, j and uh, boy my eyes aren't working today who who is it in aurora sharon sharon okay yeah. sharon in the red so all you people just hang in there and the rest of you be ready to, to dial that phone 303-477-2473 and that'll get you right in here we'll be back after a very short break right here on legends 810 <laughs> 